All right, let's do this, yo. Time to talk about Barbie. Welcome to Ruben Uncut. Today, I'm giving my thoughts on the movie Barbie. Barbie. I don't know why I did that. But anyways, so I'm not actually sure where to start with this one for a couple of, well, no, I take that back. You know what? You know what? I know, is that spoilery? Should I start there? You know what? I'm going to say that for when I get to the spoiler section. So Barbie, for those who somehow live under a rock, Barbie is a movie about the toy Barbie, which are essentially, even though they're called Barbie dolls, are essentially action figures for girls. Uh, based loosely on, I believe, I can't remember which came first, the Barbie doll or the action man or G.I. Joe action figure with the interchangeable clothes. But Barbies are essentially action figures for girls. Barbie is known as the girl fictional character who can do or be absolutely anything she wants to be. And then, of course, there's her buddies, like Skipper, who is Skipper, or Ken, who is her boyfriend, kind of. That's kind of up to the imagination of the kid. But the point is, is that Ken, Ken is, Ken is not Barbie. Then of course there's Alan, Ken's friend. And there was Midge, the pregnant Barbie who got uh, discontinued because people were uncomfortable with pregnant children toys, which is interesting when you consider where children come from. Mattel has been trying to get a Barbie movie made for a long time at this point. You may have heard of the canceled Amy Schumer Barbie movie that never happened, but now we got this one. And I gotta be honest, this is probably as good as it could possibly have been. Like I did not, I had heard positive things about the movie. But it's rare that you go into a movie that is essentially about selling a toy and a brand and discover it to be so subversive and satirical, not only of society, but the toy itself and the, and the company that makes it. Honestly, Barbie, while I don't think I can name it my movie of the year, so far it is easily my comedy of the year. And it is a satire that cuts in every direction that it can. So I guess if you want the short version, my answer is, yeah, go see Barbie. Because honestly, I don't even know if you necessarily benefit from even understanding what you're about to walk into, because it's wild. So all right, that's, that's level one of no spoilers. If that's all you needed to hear to tell you whether or not you should check out this movie, and let's be honest, it's about to, it, it just made a billion dollars worldwide, so there's a good chance you saw the movie. This movie is wild. Go see it. Now let's go into the not technically spoiler section, but technically, you know, more spoilery than just saying, hey, this movie's wild. Go see it. So the movie itself opens with a sequence that I genuinely thought had only been made for like the teaser trailer. Cause movies do that sometimes. They make up a teaser trailer. It's not 
actually part of the movie. It's just a thematic sort of buildup for the movie. If you've seen the first Barbie trailer, then maybe you know what I'm talking about. I'm talking about that sequence where little girls are playing with baby dolls and then they just start fucking smashing them when they discover the Barbie doll. I haven't watched the Ben Shapiro review, but I imagine this freaked him out on some level. But I imagine the sequence probably freaked him out. You know, because babies. Now, a lot of people have been calling this movie very feminist, and that's fair. However, it is worth noting that the movie itself definitely puts the concept of Barbie itself being feminist a little bit on blast. And I will get into that probably in the more spoilery section. Well, I don't know. We'll see how this synopsis I'm about to do goes. So at the beginning of the movie, we meet Barbie. And Barbie, of course, played by Margot Robbie. And this is generic Barbie. And they even call her, uh, no, they call her stereotypical Barbie. Because she is stereotypical Barbie. She doesn't have a specific trait or skill or job like the other Barbies in Barbie land. She's just Barbie. But we're introduced to her by a very by a narrator played by Helen Mirren, who does an amazing job in a very postmodern use of the narrator. And also, she wakes up every morning to a song that basically sings exactly what's happening. And we see her come to life in this Barbie land world. And I gotta be honest, the set design in this movie is fucking awesome. Like if I were to find out later that what I assume are practical effects were in fact CGI, I will be brutally disappointed. I won't be brutally disappointed if they like use CGI to integrate or touch up the, the sets, but like the movie make, the sets look fucking awesome. And if I were to find out they weren't sets, that would be sad for me artistically. But they appear to be sets and the style is kind of awesome. It's a little bit Wes Anderson, but it also generally what it's going for is it looks like human beings running around on a goddamn like set of toys that are human sized <clears throat> to scale, I guess is the term. But we meet Barbie and she and we are introduced to her idyllic life in Barbie land. And we're introduced to a hand to like a bunch of other Barbies. Side note, when I when I saw this movie, I cynically thought to myself, they, they have a plus size Barbie. When I saw that, I cynically thought to myself, yeah, that's great for the movie, but I dare it. I, I don't believe Mattel will ever release a plus size Barbie doll. Now I haven't actually, but when I Googled it, there was something that came up for plus size Barbie doll. Now I have not seen the doll, so I do not know how plus sized it is. For all I know, it's like a size five or six in women's clothes, which I don't consider to actually be you know, crazy. But then again, also women's clothes size don't make any sense whatsoever. If you've ever talked to a girl for five seconds about women's clothes size, they are nonsense. Where was I? Right. So we're introduced to Barbie and we meet other Barbies and the other Kens. There's a lot of Kens. Now, all the Barbies have a Ken that's into them. And she's got a Ken who is Beach Barb. I'm sorry, Beach Ken. Not... To be clear, not lifeguard kin or like surfer kin, beach kin. What does that mean? It is never clear. 
However, he's played by Ryan Gosling, who is fucking shredded in this movie. My God. But the movie, the first, when we're first introduced to Ken, the first thing the movie says is that Ken only has a, Barbie has a good day every day, but Ken only has a good day when Barbie looks at him. This is an important theme for the movie because the thing that Ben Shapiro probably missed is the fact that this isn't just a feminist movie. This isn't just a movie that has important messages for girls. There are very important messages in this movie for boys. Because you see, as we meet Ken, we learn that the Kens and the Barbies are almost a gender flip of our society. And what I mean by that is, is that Kens do almost nothing. They have no dream houses. Barbie doesn't even know where they live or where they go when they're not at the dream houses. The Kins rarely have important jobs. And Ryan Gosling's kin is pretty much a himbo. And Barbie society is specifically set up this way so that Barbies do everything and Kins kind of just hang out and look good and occasionally Barbies smile at them and that makes their whole life worthwhile. So this is an inversion of the incredibly problematic gender standards that we have in our own society. Now, I know some of you are like, oh, our society's not like that. Well, our society used to be a lot more like that. We've gotten a lot better. Still kind of like this, though. I'm sorry, man. The advances women are making nowadays don't... We haven't totally gotten away from it. How do I know we haven't totally gotten away from it? Because men are still talking about it like it's wild. That's how I know we haven't gotten away from it. We still have the pushback, is what I'm saying. When there's a pushback, it means it hasn't really completely changed yet. But so that's the dichotomy that Ken and Barbie are set up in. And everything that Ken does at the beginning of the movie is to try and get Barbie's attention. He is incredibly jealous. He is incredibly envious. Anytime Barbie pays more attention to another Ken, it is devastating for him. But on top of this, Barbie does not treat Ken very well. And part of this is because, well, th their society doesn't have a real understanding of sex because their society's rules and everything are based primarily on the understanding of the children who play with them and also how the children play with them. But the point is, is that he is her Barbie. I mean, he is her Ken. And Barbie just kind of, he just kind of exists for her, even though she is clearly the most important person in the world for him. And as the movie goes, no, I'm not getting ahead of myself. I almost I want to jump to the point about Ken so much that I, I'm getting ahead of myself. But the basic understanding of the story of Barbie is that Barbie wakes up one day and she's thinking about death, which is wild because no one in Barbie land is ever thinking about death because almost everyone else in Barbie land, because everyone in Barbie land their reasoning and thoughts are produced by children playing with them. The movie itself takes all the right lessons from the Lego movies. So in a certain ways, I almost feel like the Lego movies helped this movie exist. Who knows? Maybe they did. But it definitely feels like this movie has taken all the right lessons from the Lego movie. Which the movie also has some parallels to, which we'll get to here in a minute. Barbie starts waking up and having 
bad days where things don't work out for her, where her waffles get burnt in the toaster, where her milk has expired. Things are, and also most offensively of all to her, her feet are flat, no longer heels shaped, something that freaks out the other Barbies and force her to go see the movie's guru character, the weird Barbie played by uh, Kate McKinnon. Also, Margot Robbie plays the main Barbie. If I didn't say that, I suddenly feel like I didn't say it, but who knows? In the editing, I'll get to find out whether or not I'm an idiot. Kate, by the way, Weird Barbie is awesome. I love the idea behind Weird Barbie. I think it's great. Also, the, the controversies over the Chinese map, I tried to see it and I just, I never caught it. I, I never, like I was looking for it and it, the, the map moves so fast. I, I, I mean, I guess someone probably like hit pause or something to find that the first time or whatever. Um, Google it. I don't feel like getting into it. All right. So anyways, and basically like the Lego movie, she now has to like leave her reality to go to another reality. Now, to be fair, in the Lego movie, they weren't going to the real world. They were just going to other different Lego worlds. But it's got some of this, but it's got kind of the same vibe and, you know, some of the same Matrix parody moments. The movie has just shit tons of fun with the fact that their world runs on like toy and child logic. Another thing that, you know, one of the lessons learned from the Lego movie. But so she decides that she wants to, she needs to go on the self, well, oh, well, I mean, really more weird Barbie forces her to go on a journey of self-discovery to the real world. And Ken wants to uh, wants to come along with her, partly to beat another kin, to win a bet against another kin, but also because he desperately desires her approval and attention. So he sneaks it, he sneaks into her car and basically convinces her to take him with her, even though she is on a journey of self-discovery where she really doesn't feel like she needs kin. And so their adventure is off. And the whole idea is that Barbie is totally sh blown away by the way the real world works. Meanwhile, Ken is empowered by the way the real world works. He gets red pilled. She gets existential problems. It's a whole thing. I actually, I feel like I've run out of ways I can talk about this movie without getting into spoilers. I've given away too much of the plot. I mean, to be fair, most of that is in inciting incident and like beginning of progression. So it's not really the whole story. But the point is, that's kind of what the movie is. The movie does a really cool examination of society, of men's issues, women's issues. It's all fucking in there. Is the movie feminist? I would say probably. It is the movie's implication that Barbie is feminist. Actually, the movie kind of implies that Barbie is not feminist. Barbie thinks Barbie is feminist. However, at the end of the day, well, I can't get into that without spoilers. <laughs> but my answer to that question is the movie is feminist. Barbie is not actually feminist. And I'll go into this in the spoilers. But the point is, is that it's very funny movie highly recommend it is a little weird it, it is a trippy movie so just you know if if trippy and silly stuff is not your bag then you know you may have you might have some promise with this 
which I guess this is going to bring us to the full-on spoilerino section, which is it's fast. This is actually this is one of those movies where I have a lot to say about parts that are spoilery, which is more fun for me, but also means that uh, Spotify is going to see a lot of people stop listening at this point right here. So if uh, if you're done listening at this point right here, you know just remember to like and subscribe and check out the YouTube channel. Uh, yeah. You can email the show at rubenuncut at gmail.com. Let's get into the spoilers. Okay, are they gone now? You better be gone. I warned you. This is the spoiler section. This is the spoiler section. Okay, so now that we're in the spoiler section, I need to talk about the real world. Because this is where things start getting really, really interesting. And really start expanding on sort of the things it's satirizing. So first of all, they get to the real world and the two things are going on, which is that as they walk around, Barbie is experiencing a total culture shock as she sees men doing the job she's used to seeing women doing. Like she walks up to the, she walks up to a freaking construction site expecting it to be full of women. It's all full of men and she does not understand, does not understand what's going on. And this world just sort of more throws her for a loop. Meanwhile, Ken is, is having his mind blown, like, as he sees men doing everything, everything he's ever wanted to do or thought he could do. The point isn't really even what the men are doing. It's that men in this world can do whatever they want. There are men on TV, the men are presidents. These are all things that Ken has no conception of. So then he finds a book called Patriarchy. Now, my one problem with this is that the way the movie sets up patriarchy, it almost seems like patriarchy and feminism are like opposite ends of a spectrum. And that's not really accurate descriptions. If I, this is my one criticism of the movie really, is that those things, those are not, those are related the things have some relation, but they're not on the same spectrum. Patriarchy is at the opposite end of a spectrum we would call matriarchy, which technically the Barbie world is. The Barbie world is a matriarchy in this movie. But the thing that's really fascinating about this is essentially the Barbie comes to the real world and learn because Barbie comes into the real world with the impression that everything they've done in the Barbie world has to have resulted in the real world being a feminist utopia where women are fully empowered and can do whatever they want. When she gets there, she finds that's not actually how the world seems to be working here and is brutally disheartened. The thing that's interesting is that the real world has the exact effect on Ken that Barbie had always assumed that she would have on the real world. The real world empowers Ken. The real world leads Ken down the path to essentially being red-pilled. Because he doesn't really know what, what patriarchy is. And in fact, at numerous points, the movie makes jokes about how he thinks it has something to do with horses, which is funny, but I can't actually see the line that the movie is drawing there. <laughs> like, how did, how did he get from the word patriarchy and horse? Not really sure. So Ken is essentially empowered by the real world in the way that Barbie assumed that she could empower the real world. 
But the real world looks at Barbie and says, no, you're stupid and I hate you. In fact, when she finds the child that she thinks is her proper owner, the first thing that child does is, is dress down Barbie for how Barbie's actions and mentalities have actually enforced the patriarchy in the real world. And even calls Barbie a fascist, which Barbie is brutalized by. And Barbie even has a funny little line about how she doesn't know what being a Barbie has to do with keeping the, with keeping the trains running on time. A reference to, to Mussolini. Then, of course, we see Barbie end up being grabbed by the Mattel people. And I just, oh, this is, this is the thing. This is the other thing. I will say there were not a lot of, there were a lot of little surprises in Barbie, but there weren't a lot of plot surprises in Barbie. And what I mean by that is like, the second you see the mom drawing the pictures of Barbie that's depressed, you're like, oh, no, it's, it's her, isn't it? She's really the one that's been playing with this Barbie. That's, that's what's going on. Like, it's an immediate, like, I made the connection immediately. There was no, like, when it finally gets revealed, it's, the movie puts a, it's a good reveal, but, like, it's a reveal to a thing that I already know what's going to happen. And, like, I can't, I guess I can't really blame it too much. I mean, like, don't feel bad if you didn't catch it. I just, I just thought it was really obvious. Like, from that moment on, it's like, well, okay, there's no way they're not doing that. Especially since the daughter seems to really hate Barbies uh, because the daughter, you know, is more the cynical woman. Because th this, is, this is a thing, like the optimism of feminism in our society is pretty dead. Uh, now it's very cynical. It's very, it, it's become very cynical, which is fair, which is fair. All idealism turns to cynicism eventually. Oh, I didn't read you the article. You know what, we'll read it at the end. We'll read it at the end. You can piece, the, piece it together yourself. So Barbie ends up being snagged by the Mattel people who of course are freaking out and want to make sure that uh, want to make sure that Barbie can be uh, subdued, which they, which they do by locking Barbies in giant plastic boxes. It's a little confused. I'm not, the, the, how this system works and functions is never explained in the movie, but they never successfully do it. So that's part of why it's not explained. I don't know. Like there was a part of me that was very uncertain when I was watching, and I don't know, maybe it's maybe it's a good thing, but like I was watching it and I realized that like I had no idea what was going to happen to Barbie when they actually locked her into it. But Barbie escapes at the last moment. But this moment, but the moment where we meet the board in this manner is very important because this is a big because this is a big part of what the movie sets up. Now, like plot-wise these care plot wise the mattel people aren't really as important as you would expect them to be but they are important thematically and for the world structure allow me to to continue on that so the whole thing is is that the mattel corporation who some people have said they didn't feel need to be in the movie and i get where you're coming from that but i like that they're in the movie allow me to continue with that they're all men every single one of them is a man and they're men sitting around a table as they talk about feminism. You see, this is where the irony comes in. Like these people clearly don't know what feminism is or how it's supposed to function. But what they do know is how the Barbie world is supposed to function. And their goal in the movie is to keep the Barbie world what it is, which is this pink fun idea of women's empowerment 
as crafted by um, as by crafted by men essentially will ferrell's character even tries to set, get pe people to call him mother well actually he, he, he gets the he tries to get the barbies to call him mother now you might initially be thinking that these people are the antagonists of the movie but the antagonist is actually ken ken is the second character to arrive at the incident at the inciting incident that's how the greeks define antagonist the second character i know your english professor told you something else i'm telling this from theater history that's where the word comes from i don't give a shit what your english professor thinks that word means now i'm talking about its original context where the word comes from what it originally meant was second actor <clears throat> that's where the word comes from moving along the point is, is that Ryan Gosling is the antagonist because he is the flip of Barbie in this situation. He represents the oppression that women had to go through in our world. Technically, what we are watching in this movie is the male equivalent of the women's rights movement. And I'll come back to that in a minute. But the whole point is, is he gets red-pilled. She gets existentially dreaded but she does meet up with she does manage to hook up with the mother and and realize that she can fix herself this way and takes the mother and the kid to barbie land but it's too late i don't know maybe there's a time dilation issue but by the time they get there ken has taken over barbie land and it is now full-on patriarchy so this is the part i don't like this, this is my one criticism. Like, what Ken does, even though the movie is setting it up as a... I, the movie wants it to both be like him being a terrible fascist, but it also wants it to be like a sexual revolution thing. Not, not, not sexual revolution, but like the equivalent to men's liberation. Because the movie makes it exceedingly clear that Ken's are second-class citizens. They do not exist at the same level as Barbie. So anyways, they get there and Ken is just taking over everything. He's in charge now. It's his deal, his place. He's even taken over the the, the dream houses and, and changed them to a... It bothered... Okay, hold on. I'm double-checking this because I took karate for a while and it really bothered me that they used the word dojo in interchangeably for a house okay yeah no okay this did bother me that one of the other people one of the girl uh, one of the female one of the barbies oh i know or was it is, is it the mom actually no i think it's the dog somebody <laughs> calls them out on the fact that there's like the name of the house is now just like a bunch of different languages words for houses and that it's really redundant but a dojo is not technically a house it is a hall or place of for immersive learning, experiential learning, or meditation. So essentially, it's like a temple or a school. So this this is not that bothered me, but only because I'm a karate nerd. But you know, fictional characters don't have to know everything. Moving along. Oh man, I could have mentioned this in the non-spoiler, but I do want to. I do want to say the acting is really cool, and some of the things that Margot Robbie does are just like she. It's not even just her, but like. I noticed it most on her is that like she will there are times where she'll just like the movements she chooses are like she is a doll 
like like she is an actual Barbie. And it's like subtle, but just like the right amount that you notice it. And it's awesome and funny. I'm fairly, I'm certain if I watch it again, I would notice other characters doing it as well. Um, but Margot Robbie is great. And I'm glad she got to have this movie because I was very worried, very concerned that she was going to have too many box office uh, bombs because she had like three or four in a row. But this, this is gonna, this is gonna pull her back up, no doubt. Now she's got a billion dollar movie on her resume. Fuck yeah, good for her. Of course, the Barbies uh, trick the Kins. Interestingly enough, by using very like my appealing logic of male stereotypes, you can't complain too much. The movie was written by a man. They have the beach fight scene, which I'm not gonna lie, the beach fight scene that slowly morphs into a musical number. That shit's fun as hell. If I was a kid, that would, but if I was a little kid, that would probably be my favorite scene in the movie. Just all the kins fighting on the beach. Uh, if I had seen this movie when I was a kid. So the thing is, is that Ken and Barbie, well, the Barbies win. But Barbie has, ha has had a realization. Barbie has, because there was a point in the movie where I was a little concerned that like the movie wouldn't address what was going on with Ken. I had a moment where I was afraid the movie wasn't going to address it. But I could tell, but, but then I saw just like little looks on Margot Robbie's face. She's, she does some great, great acting in the movie. Um, where I realized, okay, no, Barbie understands. So Barbie goes to Ken and basically just opens up to him about the fact that she doesn't feel that way about him, but it's not his fault. Because you see, the important message in the movie for men is all about how you can't define yourself by your woman, which is also the message that was given to women by feminism a long time ago. You are not defined by who your man is. But Ken is also that person. Ken is someone who has spent his whole life defining himself by Barbie. So the last part of the movie is Barbie telling Ken that he needs to figure out who he is, which is true. That is ultimately a big part of the problem with young men today. They're looking out in the world and they want to know who they are. And this movie is about that. It's about Barbie figuring out who she is. And it's about Ken realizing he needs to figure out who he is. Because ultimately, you have to be a whole person. Finding yourself is about being a whole person. If you define yourself only by the women or men that you are with, you're gonna have a bad time. You're setting yourself up for something. And I'm gonna be honest, I'm gonna be honest. I read this I read this article before I saw Barbie. This article about what Barbie gets right about men's psychology. And I read it and it blew my mind and I knew I had to see Barbie after that. Because the other thing about this thing is that I needed to hear everything that was in this news article. And I spent I sp I literally spent a lot of my time complaining about how like when I'm looking for answers people always tell me things I already know but this time I actually read I actually saw something and it gave me answers and it was stuff I hadn't known how to put into the right 
perspective. This was an article from Psychology Today, written by Nicholas uh, Balasis. Bala, I, I, I'm so sorry, sir. But uh, it's called What Barbie Gets Right About Male Psychology. And I encourage you to go over and read it. And it touches on just some key things in the movie. Because what, what's happening in the movie with Ken is that he is experiencing how men experience what we would call, or what the article calls, let's see, I want to make sure I get this right. The dyna this dynamic experience is very familiar in clinical context, particularly in couples therapy. The first concern, the over-evaluation of a woman's gaze and attention on the male sense of self-esteem and even an existential sense of identity. Barbie's gaze and attention are everything to Ken. And when she does not look or give him attention, it is as if he were alone in the universe. See, I've always had trouble with my relationships. I, I'll be the first to say that. Because at a certain point in my relationships, I just, I hit, there's always this, this period of time where I hit this weirdness. And like, after I read this article, I think I understand, I understand what was happening now. Because in the early parts of a relationship where it's all about getting to know the other person, you get an intense amount of their intention. And then naturally, as you become familiar, it is not that you are truly losing another person's attention. It is that the intensity of the intention isn't the same because that you are not being examined in the same way. And I suddenly understood reading this article, what was happening is because what it would feel like is that the, the more I got to know a person and the longer I knew them, the further away they would feel from me. And it's because I was instinctually reaching out for this, what it calls a uh, woman's gaze in the article. And now, whew, I don't know what to do with that information yet. I guess I'll find out. I'm, I'm going to, I'll just have to bring this uh, to my therapist and we can start to look at it, but it's, it's a great, it's a great article, The Psychology Today. And, and that's from a section on the, in the article about Barbie has a great day every day, but Ken only has a great day if Barbie looks at him. And that's, that's the thing. It's, it's a really good movie. <laughs> um, the movie ends and like this is, the article also talks about the sexualization of uh, existential, uh, the sexualiz sexualizing existential dread and loneliness, which is uh, more about how men seek physicality as a solution. The clinical solution to this need for love and sex is handily dealt with in the film, as Barbie does not negate or, or absolutely abandon Ken, but rather supports him through his tough feelings so he can manage and handle them on his own. She does not presume to resolve the feelings for him. The final part of the movie, after the Barbies have won back Barbie land and Barbie has had the conversation with Ken and they've reinstated the constitution, the narrator comes in and says, 
that men in Barbie land would eventually have the same level of rights and influence as women in the real world. Now, what that means, of course, is that Barbie land never, a true, uh, never a, a, achieves a true balance, a true feminist balance, like early, I, I haven't read recent feminist, all my feminist research is old and it's based on art. I don't, I don't know much about political feminism. I'm sorry. But that implies that there's never, we don't reach a true equality, um, which is falling short of feminist ideals. But, and this is the important thing. The, the other implication in the movie is, is that these men, these Mattel men, are the people who put Ken in this position. So it is the patriarchy that props up this image of femininity and creates this subjugation of Ken. Wild, right? Oh, also, uh, Will Ferrell is basically playing the same character he was in, in the Lego movie, if anyone was paying attention. Basic, basically the same character, only not, not, uh, not important as like the bad guy so much here, even though like the movie gives you that impression initially. But he's, he's not really bad because he's also, he, he's not good. He's, he's, just, he's just capitalism. He's just capitalism. <clears throat> that's, that's all there is to that. He's just capitalism. He's not good or bad. He's just capitalism. Which is, of course, you know, on moral alignments is chaotic neutral, just so everyone is aware. If you, I don't know if you play D&D, but chaotic neutral characters are fucking crazy. Or at least most people play them fucking crazy, you know. Where was I? Right. So, Barbie is rad, honestly. Um, it's overflowing with subtext so much going on with it it's very funny it's satiring everything um the set i do think that this movie has some of the most important messages for men right now because men need to hear these messages because this problem with men not knowing who they are and feeling lost and alienated in the world that's how people end up falling for dumb shit like andrew tate that's how people get there because they don't know anything or understand themselves in a critical manner. They're just flailing around in a meaningless capitalist society that refuses to offer them meaning in exchange for their labors. Instead, it just hands them money and says, hey, go make your own meaning. And so men just sort of flail around a lot, not knowing what to do in society. And then this guy who seems to be getting a lot of chicks shows up and claims he know he has all the secret info on bitches you need to get as many bitches as you want. Of course, his advice is all based off of you know the fact that he's basically a cyber pimp who manipulates women all every day, all day. And of course, if someone teaches you how to manipulate women, you're probably going to be good at getting women. But you know. That also means you're never going to have a solidly emotionally healthy relationship with a woman. Because if you have to manipulate someone into a relationship with you, it will never be healthy. You might be like, oh, but it worked out fine. Well, first of all, you're not dead yet, so you don't know that. And, and second of all, uh, no, it hasn't. Manipulating people is wrong. You shouldn't do it. Sometimes you might do it by accident. 
So you got to work on that because sometimes, you know, nervous people, uh, you can accidentally manipulate a nervous person. That's, that's one of the problems with being a nervous person. But yeah, no, Barbie's good stuff. Barbie is good stuff. I think I hit all the points I was trying to make. It's the juxtaposition of Ken in the movie is really fascinating because he's, he's, he's simultaneously an examination of elements of society, elements of men, sexual uh, conflict, all these things. I know, I know. I'm making, I'm doing a review about a movie called Barbie and I've mostly been talking about Ken. And I apologize for that because, and this has to be stressed, it's 100% Barbie's movie. Hundred percent. Ken's just the antagonist, and antagonists are always really interesting. Margot Robbie's—I mean, Barbie's journey through the movie—is a good one. Eventually, you know, we get to the end, and she wants to be human. Also, the bit at the end where you, because like the whole time you're—I'm—I'm th I'm thinking it's a job interview, and it's—and it, she's there for her gynecological exam. And it's like, ah. Uh, Although, now that I'm thinking about that, as funny as that scene was, it does kind of make that sound like having a vagina is part of being a real woman, which, now that I'm thinking about that, that, no, Ruben, just, you're overthinking it. It's, it's funny that she got to have a vagina once she was human. I mean, how is she going to pee without a vagina? I mean, you don't pee at it. You don't pee at it. Men, just, you know, you don't pee out of your vagina. They're just, the vagina... And, and the part you pee out of are just connected in the same, like, organ. It, or Is that a, can I call a vagina an organ? I feel like I can. I'm not an anatomist. I've, I'm overthinking, I'm probably overthinking this. The, the movie has a trans Barbie. It's, it's not being anti-trans. You're overthinking it, Ruben. It's just a joke. Because, you know, she wasn't not going to grow genitals when she was human. I need to look up Fashionista Barbie because that is apparently the plus size one. Hold on, hold on. Okay, the curvy girl, the plus size curvy girl Barbies are real. They do exist. However, and I'll include this picture. Uh, you know, I'm, I'll include this picture as like the, it'll be included somehow in this podcast. But uh, not gonna lie, they just look like normal bitches. They're not, they're, it's i was ready to give them credit for stuff but these uh these plus size bitches they might be technically plus sized as in they're not zeros uh but uh that i i kind of feel like they just look like normal bitches like not a single one of these none of them are fat not a single one of the plus size they are quote unquote curvy but uh none of them none of them are fat that's, that's what I'm saying. In fact, actually, if I had not found this picture of them naked, I would not even have been able to tell the difference between them and the regular Barbie. Ah, this is worse. It's probably worse that they're not. It's worse that they're not fat. Do you understand? You understand why that's a problem? Well, there's a, there's a plus-size Barbie in the movie. So too bad, apparently, that doll does not exist. At least not in a realistic sense of the term plus size. Not, although, although to be fair, I also don't understand women's, you know what, I don't know. Is, is plus size 
a problematic euphemism for fat. I'm, I don't know. I hear some people say, some people say fat is the word we should be saying, and other people say they don't like the word fat. It's very, it seems complex. Please feel free to send feedback on which you consider to be the proper usage of these terms at rubenuncut at gmail.com. I would love to have a fat activist come on my show. Okay, this is taking a turn. All right, okay. Barbie's a good movie. Go see it. I wasn't joking about those last things I said, but thank you for listening. Please like and subscribe wherever you're listening. Or also check out the YouTube. Have a great whatever.